0: Yeah, I, I, I am, but I don't know about Brew.
1: See, what we do now is we just randomly start it, and then when people start listening, they get absolutely fucking confused of, like, what's going on. Are they in the middle of the episode, the end of the episode? They don't know.
0: I didn't think of that. I just wanted people to, to jump right in it and be immersed in our uh, conversation.
1: They're fucking nonsense. By the way, everybody, we're joined by our... Uh, well, Kevin, you introduce Brew. What?
0: I wanted to talk about my watermelon monster. Um, Announcing everybody, we have a new addition to the Let's Explore This team. Uh, Please welcome Brew, producer Brew. Hey.
1: Whistle, whistle. (laughs) (laughs) Three cheers for Brew. Hooray. We'll we'll, uh, put the sound effects in. Post, That's uh, his job. Post. Re- oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Did you say post op?
1: Post op. Post. <laughs> post recording. We're, we're
0: a pre-op podcast right now, and and probably about an hour's time will be a post-op podcast.
1: You always tell me to uh, to make a uh, po- um, Roth contributions and not pre-tax. So I take that. <laughs> I, I take that beyond just retirement with everything else I do.
0: <laughs> um
1: welcome I, to let's explore this your uh weekly fiduciaries <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Bru, i don't know what we're talking about today so could you put those uh articles in the <laughs> chat please
1: oh what if what a surprise we're all uh, prepared
0: i know sam wanted to talk about metallica and antarctica I have something really funny to say about that.
1: I thought we were gonna wait till the end so we can end on a good note.
0: Fuck that. Let's start talking about it now. Metallica. Right.
1: Yeah. That's pretty sick. Honestly, I uh I was thinking about that the other day. Uh because like I was watching a show about like uh what, fucking penguins or some some shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, Metallica played a concert here. And I remember when that happened, I, I watched like the documentary they put out beforehand about like how they all got there. And apparently it was a pretty miserable journey for like the fans and stuff. Cause they were all like shoved on a ship mm-hmm. and then they had to go through like a little bit of a rough patch of sea to get their Antarctica. <laughs> just to see a Metallica concert.
0: I thought they just played for some scientists that were stationed out there already.
1: I thought they brought some fans down with them because they were like singing along with them.
0: Because it's, it's Metallica, everybody knows Metallica.
1: They know the whole catalog.
0: What was it? What, what were they singing? Enter they were playing, Sandman.
1: They're playing like Master of Puppets and shit. <laughs> like, you think everybody knows Master of Puppets, Kevin? Just the average scientist in Antarctica looking at penguins all day knows Master of Puppets. Potentially, I think so yeah. I mean, I mean you got to be pretty
0: like lonely to want to be out there and miserable. So I'm sure you picked up Master of Puppets. <laughs> But uh
1: they had a contest for people to join the concert. So yeah, fact checker.
0: I I think that's true. They usually do that. Like one time when I was part of the Metallica fan club, they're having a contest to go watch them play a corporate event. So yeah, they usually did do like a little contest for uh for their little escapades like that. Yeah, but they exactly. made everybody wear headphones and you could only hear it through your headphones. Like it was one of those, uh, w- what are those silent discos or whatever they're called?
1: Yeah. I, uh, I watched a video just before the pod started and it just, you could just hear large drumming. Mm-hmm. So it just had like
0: this group of people
1: gathered around. Everyone's jamming up, but you can only hear the drums just banging. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of bizarre.
0: It's like a ritual. <laughs> it's like that, uh, From Midsummer, the old person ritual where they had to jump off the the mountain. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Lars
0: Lars is banging on its drums as they drop people into the freezing cold water.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They should have played. They didn't play Trapped Under Ice, which is a huge disappointment. To that
0: is (laughs) why wouldn't they play that? I suppose as
1: the ritual goes, they would have to have Lars banging on the drums while Rob shoves everybody under the ice, and then. Um, James and Kirk continue to play Trapped Under Ice. And just how it has to go. In my head, that's how that ritual would have to go. Yeah. You got that look on your face again, Kevin. Like, you don't know I'm, where, where no. you are or what you're doing. I'm looking up
0: the set list. Do they only play 10 songs?
1: Yeah. Like, Dude,
0: I'd be pretty mad.
1: Like Bruce said here in the chat, he said if metal. God damn it. I'm so lost right now. I'm in the wrong chat. Um, if Metallica uh, played out loud and not in the silent disco, it would have destroyed the ecosystem. Really? <laughs> I I don't know. That's what Bruce said. <laughs> I don't see where Bruce said this. It's in the chat. Discord.
0: Oh, Metallica rocking out loud would sure the ecosystem. Oh, hashtag, yeah. I mean, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, hashtag too heavy for halftime.
0: Too heavy for halftime.
1: Don't you remember a couple of years ago when they had that hashtag? Because everyone, like, people were saying like Metallica play the halftime show.
0: Yeah, really I don't like know. Well, they should get Metallica to play the halftime show. You get no knees, knee kneeling. <laughs> I saw the. I know Metallica loves their country.
1: Yeah, I saw conservatives got really mad at this year's halftime show. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, I don't either. I didn't <laughs> watch it, but it didn't. I know seem... why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They thought Dr. Dre was going to have a, a wardrobe malfunction.
1: <laughs> and they were disappointed. It didn't happen.
0: He's just going to go on there and show us his penis or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Kirk said something like how outrageous the sexuality was in that show. I don't know what he's yeah. talking about. <laughs> I know. I know. Like,
0: Wasn't it just like five dudes? Yeah. <laughs> Like, five old dudes singing? That's what it was. Like, all those guys are old people now.
1: It was f- five dudes and the one woman. And, uh...
0: I guess I don't remember. But <laughs> let's let's go through this Antarctica set list. So, it okay. opened with Creeping Death, which is pretty common. Creeping Death's actually their most played live song.
1: I love that song.
0: Yeah, and... Apparently, it's like the stage version is like way faster than the album version cuz they've played it so many fucking times that they are just like belted out. So, if you hear Creeping Death at a Metallica show, just remember that you're uh you're having a little treat there.
1: They, that that used to be like their main go or main two like opening song, I think. It still is, isn't it?
0: Yeah. They play grieving death at almost any show. Uh, For whom the bells toll, bell tolls. (laughs) uh, Sad but true, followed by Rob's bass solo. Oh my gosh, dude, I love a bass solo. Rob does some pretty cool bass solos, and he does that stupid thing where he rolls around like an ape. (laughs) He spins around.
1: Sad but true, might have brought down some uh, glaciers. (laughs)
0: All the alcoholic penguins would have <laughs> swam out to sea and never never returned uh welcome home sanitarium dude,
1: I love that song,
0: Master of puppets did you know there's a inside story or right, so so like during Master of puppets in like the middle of it, James screams, "Fix me, you know. Yeah. And back in the eighties when they're first starting, uh, they were on tour with anthrax and Scott Ian asked Cliff Burton what James says right there. And Cliff Burton said he he yells pancakes. <laughs> and so there is like a little inside joke there. Uh I've seen it I've seen them talk about it, anthrax talk about it in like social media posts but I read that in the Cliff Burton uh, biography. Uh, One, of course, they gotta play one that's classic. Blackened. I think Blackened is kind of an underrated song. I really like that.
1: One is where they sold out. That's one thing you gotta remember. -uh. Nuh-uh. they made a music video.
0: Yeah, Is that really selling out though? (laughs)
1: If you're a fucking capitalist.
0: Everybody makes music videos, so... Like, think about it. You gotta make a music... If you're a band, you're making music videos and posting them on YouTube. If you're starting up.
1: I don't remember the 80s uh, YouTube channel, but...
0: I know, but I'm saying, like, people are gonna do that stuff. It's not selling out.
1: Yeah, not according to the hardcore fans.
0: The hardcore fans are stupid.
1: They haven't listened to Metallica since the the "And Justice for All."
0: Um, yeah, eighties YouTube, MTV. Thanks, bro. <laughs> I mean, I I know MTV is a corporation or whatever, but like, what, wasn't that like kind of new for like extended cable or something? It was new. Yes. At and that I'm also, time, I'm also joking. I know you're joking, but some people believe that. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, that's the first time, I mean, that's not really the first time Metallica has been married to a corporation at that point. Um, because I think they've always recorded or released music under a record label that was at least owned by Warner Brothers.
1: I mean, you have to. Like, yeah. To, to make it big in music, like you have to sell your soul to a record label. It wasn't. Too, yeah. It was a couple of years ago. Metallica finally bought all their music back, or something, didn't they? Like they own the rights to that it. Sounds familiar. They started Blackened recording or Blackened. Yeah, they Records. started.
0: That, they started that to release the movie. Blackened has been around for a while. I wanna Didn't they release uh, the extra Death Magnetic, Beyond Magnetic on Blackened Records, like right before the movie came out? Mm, I believe so. But I could be wrong. And I'm pretty sure that fan cam, like uh, the uh, show in Copenhagen that I have, that that movie, I'm pretty sure that was released by Blackened. Blackend's probably been around for like 10 years.
1: Yeah, it's been... I'm reading this article, and it's nine years old. This article is more than nine years old. Okay. December 3rd, 2012, and it's The Guardian. It says... Metal Giants leave Warner Music after 28 years. This was in yeah. 2012.
0: Yeah, and and then I think you get your music back after 30 years if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Doesn't that suck? Like you got to be a famous band for 30 years. Like do you think Rick Astley owns that never gonna give you up song? easy exception the label kept it because like <laughs> think about that like because that was the thing with prince too i think prince got all his music back from wb but those guys the only reason they're able to do it is because they're like super famous and they made music that's like timeless you i know? think
1: they don't they have to like i don't know there's because i know there's a what is the public domain law it has to be like a Decades and decades and decades, and then it's free for the public to use. Um, yeah, that's different, like though. 70 or 80 years. Uh, I'll get the ghoul on this. Get the ghoul. All right. Go check this out.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, the artist gets it back, and then it becomes public domain. Like, Correct. well after the artist gets it back. So when the artist gets it back from the record label, then it's just property is just switching hands at that point
1: record labels uh suck they're ex- yeah they exploit the artist
0: yeah yeah i mean 30 years because i like, think about like someone like owl city like i'm pretty sure he owns that song he made um but but like Owl city you know one hit wonder Anyone hit wonder out there who made like a ton of money on their first album or first song or whatever, like they're not getting any money back after 30 years once they take ownership. Is that like maybe uh, they'll get some royalties from a movie or something, but that's not that's about it.
1: Is this 30 year span any different from uh slaving away for 30 years for your company?
0: No, they're treating them the same way.
1: Okay, uh, thanks to brew. Typically, music enters public domain when copyright when the copyright on the recording or sheet music expires around 70 years after the original artist's death.
0: Yeah. So yeah, what we're talking about isn't the music entering public domain.
1: I know. He's just clarifying what I was saying. I'm mad at you.
0: Um. Yeah. They can also extend that though. Like the 70 years, like the family can come and extend the, uh, contract or whatever of it man i wish we were born in like 2050 because then we could just steal all this music we want to use for our podcast and it'd be in the public domain
1: <laughs> perfect it'd be awesome yeah yeah we were born at the wrong time we were born <laughs> too late to enjoy the good times and too early to enjoy the good times right in the middle
0: yeah, we're in the dark ages.
1: We're supposed to be the uh, the generation that rebuilds. So we had to sacrifice our uh, prosperity to build a better world.
0: Yeah, we had to buy music, the music on iTunes <laughs> so that the kids of the future could enjoy it on YouTube. <laughs> I wonder if we could... We should just set up like a Spotify for public domain music and then charge people to use that app. No overhead, just servers. (laughs) Come listen to twinkle little star on our music app.
1: (laughs) It's Well, you could just do it yourself.
0: We can upload user created content, uploaded user created content, of people singing songs from the public domain.
1: <laughs> it's like, a, and that's like the app. a it's like a TikTok. You're no, it'd be like it?
0: Spotify, but but user created content. I th- that basically just, is Spotify.
1: Yeah, that is Spotify cuz we use Spotify for our user created content.
0: Yeah, but So should we just start a podcast where we sing public domain songs together and post right.
1: them? <laughs> i'll find some irving berlin and uh we'll uh we'll sing some oldies
0: yeah let's just like do the the like the eras like let's do everything every recorded piece of music from the beginning of history until today that's in the public domain we're gonna put on that app sung by us the boys at let's explore this podcast produced by brew Stop it. What are you doing?
1: That was the first ever music ever. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> In the dawn of time.
0: The first ever music of, of the ghoul slamming on the desk.
1: <laughs> Speaking... Speaking of Metallica, when are we going to do our Lulu episode?
0: Ooh. Yeah, we got to do that. In defense of Lulu. In defense of Lulu. <laughs> I wanna to listen to it a few more times. I haven't listened to it probably in like at least knew, ten years.
1: I knew that we were recording this weekend and at work this week I thought about Lulu and I just thought about pumping blood, so I just <laughs> pumping blood dun 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 pumping blood pumping blood <laughs>
0: It was God. masterful. Yeah. Lou Reed's <laughs> was- a weird guy. He's pure art. Pop it was. Bang you idiots out there just couldn't understand it.
1: Yeah. Read <laughs> read the plays. I read the plays and got the same amount of anxiety as when I listened to that album.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Speaking of anxiety, have you been watching Ozark?
1: Uh-uh. I haven't watched it since the second season.
0: Oh. Spoiler alert. Wait, do you care if I talk about it? Yes. You haven't watched it since the second season, Sam. I'm, I'm going, going to watch it. Whatever. It. whatever. Not going to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. No spoiler. False alarm. Uh,
1: you know what I want to talk about? Actually, before we start getting into some downer stuff, is uh the ghost concert that Brew and I went to two weeks ago.
0: Yeah. I was not there. <laughs> Was it fun? <laughs> it's
1: called a dramatic pause. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. They were, they, Twin Temple opened. So if people don't know who Twin Temple is, I didn't either. They're like a satanic doo wop group. And I thought they were really cool. It's something different. And that was all right. And they only played for like a half hour. So it wasn't like, didn't take up like the whole amount of show. Then Volbeat played which I didn't really care for. It was like dad metal. Or, you know what I realized? Volbeat is the metal for uh, guys who listen to country music and have big lifted trucks. Yeah, for sure. That, yeah, that was their... They were there for that, you could tell. Because the guys in front of us look like all the country boys that you saw like from our past in like, high school. And then we had seat tickets... Which we had really good seats actually. Um, it was just, just past general admission down on the floor, still though, in the seats. And I was hoping just to sit through the show because I'm just not into like standing all the time now. But they stood up for Volbeat and then they never stopped standing up. Oh my God. Standing for the whole, whole concert, anyways. But um, Volbeat, I don't know. But, uh, ghost was sick and they played uh their some of their new songs and i'm pretty excited for the new album that's coming out next month so there i've that was the fifth time i've seen ghost and each time they their show has gotten better and so now that they're they're at like the stadium level they can or tobias or whatever can finally do i think his grand vision of what he wants to do like with with like pyrotechnics lights and just the theatrics of it all anyways because I think that's that's half of his thing is it's not just the music; it's the theatrics when he's playing live show like a live show. So now he can do everything, and I think he did a really good job. So I'm excited. This was the pre tour for the, for the album release, so they'll do another round, I guess, next this coming year. I'm guessing. So I'll yeah, probably they're go out see him. a lot. Yeah, I'll go see him again.
0: But want, I'm cut. Want... Go ahead, sorry. Well, when I saw them in Dublin, when they opened for Metallica, they mentioned like they were going to come back and they came they came back like that December, like six months later. So they're they're all over the place touring constantly.
1: Their last album, they they toured like twice. Yeah, they're going to do the same thing this time around. They do like a pre-tour and then once the album comes out, then they do a full fledged like world tour. But, yeah, I I don't know. I'm kind of concerned because the last Ghost album was about, it talked about, like, the Black Death and everything, and then the year after COVID happened. And this new album is supposed to be, like, the rise and fall of empires. So is this it? Is is the United States going to collapse now since they predicted COVID?
0: Can you say that again? What did you say?
1: Said I'm concerned because the last ghost album was about the Black Death and COVID happened the year after that. Oh and this album's about the rise and fall of empires. So should we be worried? Probably. Like, is this it? Is this the collapse?
0: hmm. Okay. Ghost I'm, is right.
1: I'm I'm glad Satan could bring it down.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean it was bound to happen anyway. I haven't seen Ghost in a long time. I've only seen them twice.
1: It's unfortunate.
0: I saw them when they were starting out and they had the first Papa. They're opening for Mastodon and Opeth at, uh, I think that's at the myth. And then I saw them in Dublin. Two very different shows.
1: (laughs) I think that was, uh, wasn't that Cardinal Copia? I think Papa, so. Papa three. I saw Papa two, Cardinal Copia, and now Papa four. So.
0: Who was the first one?
1: Papa one.
0: Yeah, I saw Papa one.
1: Yeah, I saw Papa two.
0: You just asked me if I saw Cardinal Copia.
1: Yeah, and that would have been when you saw me in Dublin. Dublin.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I saw Papa one and Cardinal Copia. Okay. You made it sound like. No. The first pop I saw was Cardocopia.
1: No, <laughs> we aren't vibing very well today. <laughs> See, this episode's actually like a, a train that's just about to derail, but it's not. <laughs> it's like teetering off. The yeah, road.
0: sorry, I, I'm distracted. I was like looking at the Discord.
1: You're you're all distracted. Your camera looks like shit.
0: My camera's fine. Your internet you lo- just sucks.
1: You woke up late.
0: Bro, I woke up like nine minutes late. But I'm drinking a watermelon monster.
1: Go ahead and talk about that. I know you want to. (laughs) Uh,
0: No. Um, But uh, I wanted to talk about Volbeat a little bit. Okay. Um,
1: And their recycled Metallica material.
0: Volbeat, uh, I used to like them when I was in high school. Uh I really liked their first couple albums.
1: You wore a lot I, of camo back then too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> that's a lie. Uh <clears throat> and I learned how to play a couple of their songs on bass. It was pretty easy. But they uh their guitar player was the old guitar player for anthrax. Oh really? The guy that wears this, those stupid hats. He he's he played with uh the big four. That's right. Yeah, I forgot guy.
1: about that. I don't think he was wearing a hat this time. Really? I don't remember.
0: I hate that stupid
1: at Brew, he wears. was he wearing a hat this time? Brew was. Was that the
0: guy with the uh, braided hair that was in like balls? Yeah. I mean, he's a guitar player. He's the lead guitar player. No, he just had his hair braided that weird way. Okay.
1: Yeah, I don't think he, he wasn't wearing a hat this time.
0: That hat is so stupid. <laughs> it's one of those visor beanies. Visor beanies are stupid and dumb. I hate them.
1: <laughs> this, is, this is another example of people who enjoy different things and you don't like it. You hate them for it.
0: <laughs> who wears the visor beanie on stage? A visor beanie is worn by like somebody who was in Viva La Bam. You know what I mean? You <laughs> like to like not... skateboard. It's just it, some it... random. No, it's a side character that gets punked.
1: Isn't, isn't that a thing of like Anthrax? Aren't they like skateboarders? Don't they like the skateboard and shit? Mm. They're into like skateboard culture?
0: No. We'll
1: have to consult Andy on this.
0: I mean, they had that song in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. But <clears throat> James Heffield skateboards, or did. He like broke his arm skateboarding. Couldn't play some shows in like the 80s.
1: God, I'd be pissed. Yeah. He's probably drunk
0: but he's not an original anthrax band member either okay i'm i don't know when he came on um but i don't like him because of that stupid beanie (laughs) that beanie is so stupid i the only people i actually i mean i really i like the original anthrax members um i think anthrax has the best drummer in the big four and their bass player is really good too but that beanie i was like when that guy left the band to join volbeat i was happy about it i was really really happy about it because i I saw during uh worship music i went to see them at first ave and uh that beanie guy was there and i'm just like (laughs) I don't like him. You
1: see, you see that person over there living (laughs) their best life and happy about it. I hate them. Yeah, just
0: take the stupid hat off, dude. (laughs) And then I saw him
1: happy asshole.
0: And then I saw him playing at the U.S. Bank Stadium. He was there too. He was there with Volbeat, and I'm like, God damn it, this guy's here to ruin my show once again.
1: (laughs) He's gonna follow you around. He's gonna. He's going to keep aging, but he's going to keep switching bands. So a new band that you're interested in, he's going to come play guitar for them.
0: He's going to bring that stupid hat in.
1: He's always going to be there, specifically to ruin your day.
0: Because he knows that. That that one surprised me. Yeah, he probably (laughs) listens to this. We can add him.
1: Not anymore. He doesn't listen anymore. He was actually a big fan until this.
0: I actually consulted with him about his hat. And that's why I wasn't wearing it at the ghost show. <laughs> oh my God.
1: This, is, but, this uh, is like the new elevators. We'll stick on this topic for 10, 15 <laughs> minutes about a stupid hat.
0: Just like we did elevators. Dude, that hat is so dumb. Like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I know what you're
1: talking about. Yeah,
0: yeah it's It's stupid. Trying to figure out this dude's name. The first time I saw Volbeat, there's some other weird European guy in it. I think his name's, yeah, Rob Caggiano. (laughs) And he's wearing this fucking hat in his Wikipedia picture. (laughs)
1: Let's let's move on. Let's drop Mm -mm. it.
0: Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) Rob Caggiano, take your hat off. Please. He has. He did. <laughs> Let's drop it. All right. All right. I'll drop it. But uh, anyway, are we going to talk about some something serious today? I guess. He joined Anthrax in 2003, and he released four. Dude, imagine being with Anthrax for the like from 2003 to 2011. That would suck. What's that was like part? the worst time for Anthrax was the two thousands. <laughs> until they came out with Worship Music.
1: They I feel like they weren't really doing much in that time period.
0: Not at all, yeah. There yeah, he released three actual albums with Anthrax and then a live show recording album that came out on four twenty Blaze 2004. it thousand and four. But I do like Worship Music. Worship Music's really good.
1: Worship Music is a really good album, and I really liked For All Kings, too. I thought that
0: was good. Dude, he was in Cradle of Filth. Looks like he produced a lot of music as well as... Oh, he was a producer on Outlaw Gentlemen and Shady Ladies.
1: I I hate this guy so much that I'm going to uh spent 5 <laughs> minutes 5 to 10 minutes dedicated to him talking about him
0: this is when okay so outlaw gentlemen and shady ladies 2013 that's when he uh switched to uh volbeat cuz he produced it interesting interesting the, the, the guys at volbeat saw that visor beanie as he walked into the room and said you're our guy
1: <laughs> maybe he's a good guitar player
0: you're our guy yeah he's a great guitar player maybe but he's anyway
1: pass the fucking hat and realize he can play guitar <laughs> <laughs> I, want um, this ten, I want this 10 minutes back i want it back
0: <laughs> dude the hat is cool all right just kidding cut that i never said that um all right, so you want to talk about... Or, oh, I don't really want to talk about Russia. I feel like everyone's already talked about Russia.
1: We've been talking about it a lot, actually. I, this other article that was posted that brand is so toxic, Dems fear extinction in rural U.S. We can talk about yeah, that.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about that, too.
1: Uh, one that's thing, more uh,
0: interesting to me. That's more on brand.
1: Russian invasion of Ukraine.
0: Yeah, that's not really on brand. All right. Uh, Well, here, now we should probably touch on Russia. Um, Basically, I mean, everyone knows what's going on. I think it's kind of one of those things where I think it's going to end up being one of those things where Russia was actually just doing military exercises. I mean, it's it's something that we do all the time. Like, just like not even that long ago, we were doing military exercises in the South China Sea. We were doing them near North Korea, which is close to Russia. You know, it's like, We have a buildup of military forces literally around every single country (laughs) in the world almost. So, like, are we constantly asking for war? Ooh. (laughs) Maybe that's why all these, like, bureaucrats and politicians are saying Russia's ready to go to war because they're always constantly ready to just fucking start one.
1: I feel like it's pretty ridiculous that Biden went out on Friday saying, like, he's made the decision to uh, invade. It's like. Yeah. Even saying like two months that the invasion is imminent, like uh-huh. is what what's happening here? This is what well, the, the only thing I'm gonna say is like it <clears throat> based on how disgusting like the defense industry is, I I almost feel like and I've said this before, is like they, they want this to happen because they wanna not only build up NATO in Eastern Europe and spend billions of dollars doing that. But then they can fund a counterinsurgency, or not a counter, uh, an insurgency in Ukraine if Russia did invade. And then they can sell mm-hmm. weapons to like Ukrainians or whatever. Like, it's so gross. It's like, I don't think the U.S. really sees this, like any scenario as like how they won't win in this situation. And it's really gross. And to me, all this rhetoric is like, well, we're just trying to make it public so everyone knows, like, we know what Russia's up to. To me, it just sounds like you just want it to happen. Yeah. In a really gross way. So let's just stop.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think we've ever gone to war justly in 70 years.
1: Mm-mm. Not. <laughs> it's like, okay, like, it's like pot. Like, I saw a tweet by Biden. I, I can't, I'm not even looking it up, but it's like, it's pot meat kettle kind of thing yeah. because, like, he says, like, you can't just invade anybody for just unjust reasons or whatever you know i'm just kind of paraphrasing what the tweet was and it was just like we did that not even 20 years ago <laughs> <laughs> like you know yeah. like just shut the fuck up
0: mm-hmm. i don't think anybody's
1: right in this situation except ukraine like nobody's right
0: yeah i mean yeah i mean i think russia should stop um cuz I don't know. I don't think you can use I don't think you can justify saying that because there's a Russian diaspora in a certain country or a diaspora of any um country anywhere else. Like you can't use that to justify taking over a sovereign nation. No. Y- y- Cuz like the Russian the ethnic Russians that live in Ukraine, they they went there during when it was a USSR, when it was a state for the USSR. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, so it's like
1: the USSR also moved a ton of people around all the time.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: like that's what specifically
0: happened. for, so they could put a stranglehold. They wanted to squash the native like culture that was already there. That's what China's doing. <clears throat> um, and it, that's what China does in like Tibet and the Uyghur region and all that stuff is they shove a ton of Han Chinese into the area so they can erase the culture and turn it into a monoculture. And that's the only reason they sent Russians over there, so that they would speak Russian. They wanted to have the Russian culture and language prevalent all over their country. I mean, that's
1: what what the Soviet Union... I mean, that's what they did in Kaliningrad, which used to be Königsberg. The little... uh, exclave that's in europe between poland and lithuania that's russian they Uh deported after the war they deported all the germans or they moved all the germans out of there and then they just shoved like hundreds of thousands of russians there
0: and then now it's
1: now it's part of russia
0: yeah yeah because i mean imagine trying to erase that like that's like the most effective way to take over a country because like uh, well, I shouldn't say it that way, but it's like to get your culture into a region and it's never going to leave like they are here. They are part of this area now. It's just it,
1: it's kind of weird because it, the Soviet Union in in a weird way did try to celebrate all nations that were part of at least Lenin tried to or like Russian was supposed to be like the universal language like in all schools it should be taught. But like It was also allowed in, you know, the different um, Soviet republics to speak their native languages there. Yeah. And that's like that that was part of their propaganda, too, is like if you look at some of their mosaics and stuff like it. It celebrated all the different cultures across the USSR and everything like that. I think Russian was just um, used as like it's kind of like English in the United States. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's what's used for law and everything. But after the collapse i think what you're seeing now unfortunately is just hyper nationalism the russian state it's not about bringing back the soviet union it's about the russian empire specifically russia
0: yeah yeah i i i feel the same way um because yeah i mean like think about how long it's been and i'm sure like the ethnic russians that uh immigrated to that those regions I'm sure they're down to like like two two generations down the line now. And so you have a bunch of ethnic russians who were born in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, "Hey, this is my country." And Ukraine, the Ukrainian a lot of the governments of the countries that border Russia, they don't treat the Rus- the ethnic russians with much respect. Like in I know in like Estonia, they they made it so you had to learn Estonian to get like a driver's license or something like that. Yeah. Like, it, it, like they made it really strict and anti-Russian and, and they're all just trying to like protect their ethnic identity or whatever. But it's kind of like, guys, it's too late for that. <laughs> like just, I, you, you can't make these people suffer because yeah. of some conditions that they didn't.
1: And they did that specifically. Cause like a lot of the Baltic States have like erased much of their Soviet past let uh-huh. distance themselves from Moscow. They're like, we're not part of this anymore. Leave us alone kind of thing. But then, like, I think we, like, many, 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 many episodes ago, we talked about this. It's like, you can't just treat treat people like, sh- like the Russian speakers, like, shit, because that's going to fuel the kind of shit that you see now. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's nothing wrong I, with distancing yourself from a former, like, oppressive yeah. government that you are fought independence from. But you got to recognize all citizens within your border have to be created equal.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I feel about it. Um like I don't like I don't think we should ever put uh like say in like a like a constitution like hey, this is our language, this is our religion or whatever. Like we should not put that in there cuz like Canada does that with English and French. Um and that is what bolstered the separatist movement from the Quebecois. Um is having yeah, because they have that national identity, um, or not identity, but they have that like legal power now. Like they're they're French. French is part of you know? It's so it 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 just like it's it's just a uh, a cause for division and and arguments. You know, that's uh, what to do that kind of stuff. Is. That's, that's yeah. Is. Uh, yeah. So like, let's uh, explore this. Yeah, we did, (laughs) Brew. And anyway, uh, Brew, my hair's not long enough to do a man bun. You moron! Come on. Anyway, got uh, him.
1: Nationalism and borders alone are kind of—they're just—they're just lines.
0: That's true too. I mean, it's
1: uh, just like there's there's no brotherhood of it. There's no brotherhood of humanity when there's nation states.
0: Very true. Yeah. I mean, and that's one thing that, you know, communism is against is borders and uh, central government. Like the state or whatever. Like all the power should belong to the working class.
1: Mm -hmm. It should, but it doesn't.
0: We need to have a vertical chain of command. I mean, a horizontal chain of command. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we already have a
1: vertical one? Yeah.
0: Horizontal chain of command. You uh, still can that's... have a CEO and a janitor, but they have the same amount of power.
1: A series of Soviets, if you will. Um, I forget what I was going to say.
0: But yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that those extremist leaders were like, let's all go back to Russia. Everyone run to Russia. But that's like not going to, that's just not going to work.
1: It's, yeah, I don't think, know. Like,
0: like, we tried to do that after slavery. Like, we tried to get all the black people to move back to Africa. It's like, that's a stupid idea. I mean, go where you want to go. But, like, these are a bunch of people who were ripped away from their land and then born here and lived here for generations. Like, they're kind of just fucked. Like, you need to make them feel welcome here because they don't have, they don't feel welcome here. They're not going to feel welcome back home, but they've already lived here forever their whole yeah. lives. So, like, you should just make them feel welcome there because that's where they're from.
1: Yeah, you should just be more welcoming in general. One thing about, one thing about uh, this Russia-Ukraine thing, the more I think about it, because, like, I hear a lot of analysts, they talk about, like, you know, Putin doesn't want to get dragged down in some... It would be stupid to invade because he doesn't want to get bogged down in some, you know, insurgency war forever and ever and ever and ever. And it's like, and part of me wants to be be like, yeah, that's not going to happen because he's smart and he won't do that. But I realized that's what we did, too. 2003, Mm -hmm. we invaded a country, got bogged down in a long ass fucking war.
0: (sighs) Yeah. So, like, fuck off. (laughs) All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting distracted. Uh, yeah, we, I'm tired of this text chat. If you want to talk, just talk to us and tell us what you want to say, and then delete it from the episode. <laughs> um, but that—that's kind of like
1: I don't—I don't want to believe that Russia is going to. And I, I think the historical context is important. Is like they already did invade in 2014; they took over Crimea. Yeah. So they, I don't think they're going to continue their invasion any further however when i say things like that it's like we in 2003 invaded iraq and then got bogged down in an insurgency war so maybe russia will do it you know maybe we think we're getting too much credit for how smart they are
0: yeah but it. i think ukraine i don't know all right so like the way i look at it is like no one wants to fuck with russia right now because they have the energy death grip on europe Yes, and I mean that's probably designed that way to keep the peace, because if that energy pipeline wasn't there, Russia would have no reason not to invade. You know? I really
1: th- yeah, I think that was Germany's goal this whole time. Because there's an yeah. old, there's an old Bismarckian saying or whatever when he was like Germany's, uh, whatever he was. I'm gonna, I, I, what. When he, when he was in charge of Germany, basically he said you got to keep Russia happy, y- you know, yeah. and and that was the thing. And I think that's what Germany's minus the Second World War <laughs> has always been the goal in in their uh, in their like geopolitical situation it was always to like have some sort of good relationship with Russia and keep them happy. Obviously, not like an alliance like with NATO, but enough to like keep shit from boiling over into like a conflict and whatnot. And I think that's why they relied so heavily on energy from Russia was to have that kind of relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the basis for the European union too, with uh, the French and Germans steel and coal alliance or whatever, um, was to keep them from going to war because they could only like trade with each other. Yeah. So like the EU was designed to keep that continent in at peace. And, uh, and Russia, you know, kind of, you know, they, they border both Europe and they're a part of Asia. So, like, they're part of Europe. You know, you got to keep peace with them. I mean, I, kind of the same way, like, I feel like they need to put, like, Turkey into the EU as well because, like, they're in an important state in the region and mm-hmm. it'd be better to have them on our side. But, like, I, I just don't see really any strategic gain for Russia, <clears throat> taking over um eastern ukraine i mean that just it doesn't really make much sense to me like crimea made sense because it gave them access to water that never freezes or whatever like warm ports or whatever um but and and, and that's connected to the rest of russia so like it's not like they need to move any goods up i mean maybe that's maybe they just want to take it over so they can move goods directly north instead of going east and north i don't know but it, it just it, I, I really don't see any strategic gains from taking over eastern ukraine whatsoever um and,
1: well way anyway, you like it russia can kind of do whatever they want and i hate to say it yeah. anyway, because they since they invaded crimea they've been building up economic reserves to take any kind of sanctions hit that we throw at them and, and yeah so if you like Throw all these sanctions at them. They've been preparing for this. So they're unfortunately gonna do whatever they want. I'm hoping yeah. it's just I'm hoping it ends in peace. I yeah, I do too. Everyone should just leave each other alone, but I I don't know. There's that, that doom that doom I, feeling starting to sink in.
0: Yeah. They should just so, fight it out in Alaska. Just do it that <laughs> way. And everyone can forget about it um i mean they'd forget about it anyway we're all just gonna forget about it russia's gonna take over ukraine huge uh humanitarian issue and you know a lot of death will happen and we're all just gonna forget about it like iraq like and usual. Afghanistan. yeah yeah um so yeah anyway i i don't know it seems like it's cooling down but we'll we'll see what happens it's still kind of a it's just a shit show and I really do think it's just like, uh, hey, guys, just a reminder, Ukraine can't join NATO, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, if Putin was smart, he'd probably just like call everything back and and then say, see how dumb the American intelligence is? We fucking been telling them this whole, like we were feeding them false information. They can be that manipulated, that hardcore.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, look at how dumb the West is kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I think we're embarrassed. We're embarrassed right now. 100%. 100%. Yeah. We're not handling this well at all.
1: I think that was just kind of the overall plan. So mm-hmm. I don't, but. Oh well,
0: yeah. And then like, like you were talking about sanctions, sanctions won't even like sanctions don't even hurt them. You know what I mean? Because like the U S dollar granted, it's the strongest currency in the world or whatever, but like all these people can just change their money to a different currency. Like yeah, all these, that, rich, that's
1: what they did. They built yeah, up all these their currency reserves. Yeah, they, they yeah. Russia itself built up like six hundred some billion dollars in currency reserves reserves around yeah. the world. So it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, and then they have that whole BRICS bank thing for any yeah. financing and loans and stuff that the global south can just like <laughs> they've taken so much power away from sanctions because I mean sanctions were designed to diplomatically or non-violently. Uh, coerce leadership into doing what the west wanted them to do yeah
1: and and the germans have already said that they're not going to remove uh they they would not be in favor of removing russia from the swift um like the banking transactions or whatever yeah that so like it's not going to do anything because that would hurt the eu if if they did that so yeah that's it's kind of like we're going back to the doom to do uh, feeling here saying that Russia is just going to do whatever they want.
0: Yeah. And I think it, it just seems like we're in a toxic relationship, I guess. And, and like, we're just having a fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's really, I'm hoping geopolitically that is what it will boil down to is just a fight uh, of words. Um, yeah, Cause yeah, words I mean, only, I don't see no guns. Yeah. I don't see any strategic gain. I mean, I just kind of feel like we're at a point where there's nothing to gain from armed conflict at all. Like we're living in the dune world. <laughs> um, like it just seems like we just went even with non-nuclear powers, we we just had a 20 year armed conflict with non-nuclear powers um, and it got us nothing. Because the only people who the only countries that are valuable enough to take over are countries with nukes. You know, they have the wealth already and they can defend well, themselves. S- and we're not going to go to war with them because that would destroy the entire world.
1: I'm going to stop you there, Kevin. You're forgetting about Raytheon shareholders.
0: <laughs> That's true. Let's just make a deal. Let's just say, arms dealers, you know what? You just get to open... You get a blank check. We're going to pay you to not work anymore. We should. We should turn... We should we should make carbon tax credits but for guns and bombs. You're going to you're
1: going to give somebody an idea. Man. Yeah,
0: dude, this is how the neoliberals can solve it. The neoliberals can create world peace by letting rich people buy uh like death credits. I don't know what you want to call them. For every $1,000 you give to Raytheon, uh, they will. They promise. Fingers crossed. Pinky swear they won't kill somebody <laughs> for two thousand dollars. They won't kill a child. <laughs> oh yeah, we were gonna sell a bomb going to uh, Saudi Arabia to blow up a, a, an elementary school in Yemen, but we uh, we got those death credits. <laughs> we're not doing it anymore.
1: Yeah. That
0: product came right off the line.
1: Bro, I have a cold, so that's why I'm wheezing so much.
0: Um. Anyway, so yeah, let's talk about. I just want to talk about John Fetterman and the Democratic Party. So, do you want me Our to future? You want me to read this article? I probably won't read its entirety, but
1: it's from. Make sure you t- say that it's from the Seattle
0: Times. Yeah, this is from the Seattle Times. Um. So it's the title is the brand is so toxic in quotes, Dems Fear, or the brand is so toxic, colon, Dems Fear Extinction in rural U.S. And the header picture is of Lieutenant Governor um, uh, John Fetterman from PA. I voted for him in 2018.
1: Fetterman!
0: I like the guy. I voted for him. I didn't know anything about him other than he was endorsed by Bernie when I voted for him. So he's a Bernie-endorsed Democrat. Uh, He did run for Senate um, back in 16, but failed. Uh, Since then, though, he has become much more popular, and I think he... uh, yeah
1: He's a powerhouse now. I think he's going to win.
0: Yeah, because he's really well-known around the area, and he... See, this is what I think. Before he did all this, he was the mayor of a city called Braddock, And Braddock is a suburb of Pittsburgh. It's just, it was a shithole, you know, like a a lot of the little cities in rural. That's the the thing that I think people need to know about rural PA is it is a forgotten place. Mm -hmm. It is rotting away, destroyed, falling apart. It's a horrible place. I mean, like people like literally walk around in tattered clothing because they're too poor to afford new clothes. Like it is a desperate situation out there. Like he says he went to this this article he went to Smethport, PA. Smethport, PA used to be like a train a railroad hub or something like 300 years ago and um now it's just a nothing town. There's nothing there. Like most of these little rural towns like all we use them for is energy and timber. Extraction. We literally treat them like third world countries, Mm -hmm. and which and we treat third world countries terribly. So, like, I I think I let's I'll read the article and then expound on that. But anyway, so Smithport, PA. It says some Democrats in rural Pennsylvania are afraid to tell you they're Democrats. The party's brand is so toxic in small towns 100 miles northeast of Pittsburgh that some liberals have removed bumper stickers and yard signs and refused to acknowledge publicly their party affiliation. These Democrats are used to being outnumbered by the local Republican majority, but as their numbers continue to dwindle, those who remain are feeling increasingly isolated and unwelcome in their own communities. Quote, the hatred for Democrats is just unbelievable, said Tim Hollihan, an accountant based in rural McCain County, who recently encouraged his daughter to get rid of a pro Joe Biden bumper sticker quote. I feel like we're on the run. So McCain County or McKean. Um, there's probably like a hundred thousand people who live in that entire County. Not even probably not even that many. Um, I think the main city in McCain County is uh, uh Kane. PA and Kane, PA is like a town of like 500 people. Um, and I
1: a hundred thousand or just a thousand people.
0: Probably dude. Probably none. Nobody <laughs> so lives you, there.
1: You said a hundred thousand people. So I think you mean like a thousand people total
0: in that county so for the county, uh, the yeah. county, sorry, the county is 40,625. Okay. So yeah, I just looked it up. Okay. So yeah, it's, the biggest city there is probably Bradford. Anyway, Bradford is a border town of New York and PA. But that's where Smethport is, too. So he was in Smethport. Here, let's just Smethport is a borough in McCain County, Pennsylvania. The mayor is Wayne V. Foltz. The population was 1,655 for the 2010 census. It is the county seat of McCain County. Smethport is part of the Bradford PA micropolitan statistical area so yeah look at that he was in a town of 1600 people asking for their votes um but yeah anyway so i'll continue reading the climate across rural pennsylvania is symptomatic of a larger political problem threatening the democratic party heading into november elections beyond losing votes in virtually every election since 08 Democrats have been effectively ostracized from the overwhelmingly white parts of rural America, leaving party leaders with few options to reverse a cultural trend that is redefining the political landscape. The shifting climate helped Republicans limit Democrats' inroad in 2020. The GOP actually gained House seats despite Donald Trump's presidential loss. A year later, surging rural support enabled Republicans to claim the Virginia governorship. A small but vocal group of Democratic officials now fears the same trends will undermine their Democratic candidates in Ohio, Wisconsin, Georgia, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania. States that will help decide the Senate majority in November and the White House two years after that. Meanwhile, the Democratic Party continues to devote the vast majority of its energy, messaging, and resources to voters in more populated urban and suburban areas. In Pennsylvania, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, a leading candidate in the Senate contest, insists his party can no longer afford to ignore rural voters. The former small town mayor drove his black Dodge Ram pickup truck across five rural counties last weekend to face voters who almost never see statewide Democratic candidates. See, and that's the I think that's the key there. He uh, face voters who almost never see statewide Democratic candidates like the Democratic Party makes these people feel ignored.
1: Yeah. It's like, um, I think of like, uh, in Minnesota, you know, the, all the politicians always talk from, you know, downtown Minneapolis or downtown St. Paul. Yeah. And it's always about the twin cities. It's just, you have to, you you can argue you have the same argument in Minnesota that you do in Pennsylvania. And that's why all the rural, like rural communities, Hate the Twin Cities. They say they're getting everything; they're getting all the budget. We're just left out here to dry, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's the same. I mean, I think it's the same everywhere in in every state.
0: Yeah, and and I think you know, I, I think a lot of the Democrats just don't want to spend their time there because they don't care about those people. Yeah, like they, they think, they, oh, it's pointless for me to go there, but it's really not. They just don't give a shit about them. Yeah.
1: It's like, oh, it's only like, there's like 400 votes there. What's the point of even going there? You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and then you band these groups of 400 people together, then you have enough people to fucking vote against you.
0: Yeah, and they don't take the time to go there and, they don't take the time to go there and talk to them and get to know them and tell them, like, their plan to help make their lives better. You know? And and that's a huge issue. They're not listening to them. Because I do think that a lot of the democratic platform would help those people. And a lot, And there's a lot of people saying, you vote against your own interests, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, how am I voting against my own interests when I'm voting, when I'm not voting for somebody who won't even take the time to come and talk to me. And you know, like, do they really give a shit about me? Like, why aren't they here? Um, Cause even in like, so Idaho beat red state, all the right conservatives from around here, like the Seattle, Portland area, they're flocking to Idaho right now because they're so like, oh, homeless people are taking our city, you know. So they're all running to Idaho right now so they can like, I don't know, be racist or something. And uh, even they ex- they in 2018 they expanded Medicaid. That's a very progressive piece of legislation, and it's because mm-hmm. the people running that campaign and that ballot initiative knocked on doors and talked to people about it you know like yeah like what i hear i hear so many people in rural like when i was in pa in these places that you know this guy was just visiting i would hear people say we just can't afford medicare for all we can't blah 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 it's because no one's going down there and talking to them like i bet you could talk to somebody and be like this is going to be good for you if you went there and told them hey i just want to make sure your dad has is comfortable in his old age or something like that your parents are comfortable in their old age like those people would resonate with that. They would vibe with that. Just yeah. explain it to them. Explain how, because that's the thing. It's like, it's so easy for the Republicans to come out and say, Oh, we don't have enough money to pay for that. Uh, America has a big deficit. Well, the Democrats could come there and explain the situation just say, also, Hey, here's the reality.
1: That's socialism. Um, <laughs> but I, cause like last week I said, you need to brand it differently. Cause you need to call it community spirit instead of, government programs or whatever you want to call it like you know yeah you need to pitch it better because the mm-hmm. community that community spirit does exist in rural areas quite well and i think i tried to explain it failed pretty hardly or hard last week it's like obviously these communities are majority white and really don't venture too far away Mm-mm. from home that often so i mean and then we talk about that's kind of like why they're scared and why for some reason the border wall is so important to them because they're scared. But like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, you need to go into these communities and ex- like, in like you said, like John Fetterman's doing is sit down with them and say like, this is what we're going to do. And we want to take care of you. Let us fucking help you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like kind of like explain it better because if you don't even go there, then all they're going to do is sit in the cafe and watch Fox news. Yeah. And that's what they do. And then they talk about it and they're like, oh, I can't believe what's happened in this country. You know, and it's just, it just yeah. goes, it's worse from there.
0: Yeah. That, that is another part that I, I was thinking about too while reading this was that whole, uh, Hoot Sinclair company or whatever, that media company that owns all the rural TV stations. Yeah. And they just, they just like fucking beat that shit out there, all that conservative bullshit. They have, like, Um, a
1: segment at the end of each, like, thing. Like, it's, like, five or ten minutes long where they – it's just pure conservative talking points.
0: Yeah, there's really no progressive or leftist form of that. Um, The only way you're going to Most leftist. sorry.
1: No, I said the only way you're going to get a more leftist-leaning movement in these rural areas is to talk about work. Yeah. And and talk about how you're not going to take their truck away, and you know, like yeah, you don't, yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. Like you, you need to get down into the nitty gritty. Say like even going into like saying we're not going to take your guns away because I know that's a big thing all the time. Yeah, I yeah. I mean these guys these guys vote strictly of, it, of like based on guns and stuff.
0: Like yeah,
1: you need to go in there and say like this transition we're doing or this is what we're going to do. This isn't nothing is going to change for you. It might eventually, like, but it's like you need to explain it better. Your truck's yeah. fine; it's gonna still <laughs> be there.
0: Yeah, for real. Uh, all right, I'll continue reading. Fetterman wearing his signature hooded sweatshirt and gym shorts, despite the freezing temperatures. That's one thing I don't like about John Fetterman is he's a shorts all year kind of guy, which I think is weird. It is uh weird. it's it's almost as weird as that guy's hat from Anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> Described himself as a champion for the forgotten, the marginalized, and the left-behind places, which is all of rural PA. As he addressed roughly 100 people inside of bingo Hall in McKean County, a place Trump carried with 72% of the vote in 2020, quote, these are the kind of places that matter just as much as any other place, end quote, Fetterman said as the crowd cheered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The Democratic Party's struggle in rural America has been building for years, and it's getting worse. Barack Obama won 875 counties nationwide in his overwhelming 08 victory. Twelve years later, Biden won only 527. The vast majority of those losses, 260 of the 348 counties, took place in rural counties, according to data compiled by the Associated Press. Um, and so that was actually Obama's biggest critique of Hillary's campaign is she didn't go out and talk at these you know VFWs and these little tiny places, you know, rally support and those types of places. And that's exactly what John Fetterman is doing. I mean, Hillary Clinton's campaign didn't even think it was important for her to like campaign in Michigan, you know, the state that like lost for the entire thing, the state that she hardly won or no didn't did Bernie win Michigan yeah, Bernie won Michigan in the primary, didn't he?
1: I don't remember. I think
0: Bernie won. That was an upset where Bernie won by like 1% or something. So it's like, I don't know. To continue, the worst losses were concentrated in largely white areas across the Midwest. 21 rural counties in Michigan flipped from Obama in 08 to Trump in 20. Democrats lost 28 rural counties in Minnesota, 32 in Wisconsin, and a whopping 45 in Iowa. At the same time... Recent Republican voter registration gains in swing states, such as Florida and North Carolina, were fueled disproportionately by rural voters. Biden overcame rural losses to beat Trump in 20 because of gains in more populous Democratic counties. Perhaps because of this victory, some Democratic officials worry that the party's party leaders do not appreciate the severity of the threat. Democratic Representative Jim Cooper of Tennessee, who recently announced he would not be seeking re-election to Congress this fall, Warren that the party is facing extinction in small town America. "Quote: It's hard to sink lower than we are right now. You're almost automatically a pariah in rural areas if you have a D after your name." Cooper told the AP. Even if Democrats continue to eke out victories by piling up urban and suburban votes from Sen- former Senator Heidi Heitkamp of North Dakota, fears her party will have unstable majorities if they cannot stop the bleeding in rural areas. "Quote: Democrats have the House. They have the Senate." The presidency, but it's an unstable majority. By that, I mean the narrowest kind, making it difficult to advance ideas and build coalitions, said Heitkamp, who now heads the One Country Project, which is focused on engaging rural voters. She criticized her party's go-to strategy for reaching rural voters, focusing on farmers and pledging to improve high-speed internet. At the same time, she said Democrats are hurting themselves by not speaking out more forcefully against far-left positions that alienate rural voters, such as the push to defund the police i have a problem with that
1: i know you do and i i disagree with your your uh i have a problem with that attitude
0: how no the problems are not going there john fetterman literally hung a marijuana leaf flag and a rainbow flag and an lgbt flag off out of his office window
1: hold on hold 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 I think and I they're think saying ta- he's doing think, a good <laughs> I think we're talking about two different things here so stop yelling at me
0: no it doesn't this to fund the police shit the only people that are affected by that are people in large metropolitan areas they're coming yes, out okay. voting against it the rural voters just don't like democrats because they they think they're turning the frogs gay that's what it is it's nothing to do with this stupid police shit. And the only reason this stupid idiot who lost her seat so fucking long ago, yet they keep talking to her, is a moron. She doesn't know how to win elections. She can't even win her own. That's what I don't get about it. It's like, oh, Heidkamp, let's listen to her. Defund the police is a bad message. That message wasn't even out there when she lost her seat. It's bullshit. I don't know. I think anybody, anyone, anyone in the world, is anyone in the country is like, police are fucking annoying. Make sure to, sl- they all text each other when they're driving home drunk from the bar where the cop is nesting out. Because they don't want to get caught by cops. They see them as a nuisance. This defund the police shit is a lie that neoliberals are telling us is hurting their voters. Because they're actually just Republicans. And they hate poor people. All right, I'm done.
1: I'm actually afraid to even say anything right now. <laughs> Legitimately.
0: I what this I is am led going- by Bill Maher neoliberals. And I they are just the most disgusting, worthless people. I'm sorry. All right. Alright, I'm done now. <laughs> Kevin.
1: Yeah, I'm done. What I was going to bring up is they had a referendum in Minneapolis about defunding the police and it failed. Even though widely more popular progressive measures passed in Minneapolis there are community and what i this is what i'm saying i'm saying that the message has been hijacked yes of what defund the police means yes i i get that but if the measure failed in Minneapolis alone what does that tell you
0: that tells me that city people care about it how many rural voters are in Minneapolis I'm done talking about this. See, that's the thing. It's 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 urban centers. That's where it matters. The same people who don't even go and talk to rural voters are telling us that rural voters hate the defund the police message. Isn't that a little fucking stupid? I honestly don't even know what we're talking about anymore. (laughs) The defund the police thing. What Heidi Heitkamp is saying is the problem with the Democratic Party. That's, and I don't that's think just, that's the problem. No, it's not the
1: problem. I was just going to point out <laughs> that in Minneapolis, they had a referendum about
0: what supposedly you're talking about, and it didn't know. pass. And the referendum you're talking about wasn't voted on by rural voters. We are yes. talking distinctly between rural and urban voters and right that's, now. It goes into the bigger thing
1: we were talking about, about how Republican talking points are festering on the fucking cafe TV. I know that is what I'm talking about. We're, y- I, we're, yelling, we're yelling about the same fucking thing. I, th- I Calm think down. that's fake.
0: I think the defund the police thing is fake. I think what people actually care about in rural America, like you said, are guns, things like that. It's guns. It's abortion. They want to like they want to know and when abortion, new, and they want to know when new industry is coming to town. So they have a fucking job. They don't care about this defund the police stuff. I no think. one fucking cares about the police. Why would anyone in rural PA care about the Pittsburgh Police Department? Why would anyone in rural Minnesota care about the Minneapolis Police Department? Why? I think this is a talking point made up by Democrats who don't actually want to take action on progressive legislation. Like people like fucking Joe Manchin. That's where defund the to police comes from. It's from these people who want to say, oh, AOC is too far left. Bernie's too far left so that they can also say or so they can also ignore their calls for Medicare for all. They can ignore their call to climate actions. They can ignore their calls for any progressive legislation because they made up this boogeyman. And that's all it is. It's a boogeyman. Police departments are completely funded by the cities or counties that they're in. Correct? Correct. So it's up to the city council to do this. It's not fucking your senator. It's not your congressman. It's city council and the mayor that decides this bullshit. So all this police talk, it's just, it's fake. It's it's just that, a cookie yes, man made up by what, corporate media. Saying, okay, you're saying the same thing.
1: That is what I was trying to say. You're saying to fund the police is a bad message, because I think it is politically.
0: I'm and saying my point, it my has point, no effect on the political climate of rural America. I,
1: do you live in rural America? I do. They talk about defund the police all the time. They talk about how stupid the cities are for fucking defunding the police. Or why do defund the police? They literally talk about it. And that's what I was trying to say is stop. What I was trying to say is that it does. It's, it's a talking point that's been hijacked by Republicans and it is a fucking cancer and it doesn't really matter outside of Minneapolis. My point being is that people uh-huh. in Minneapolis themselves voted on the referendum. So they didn't even want to abolish their police department at a, at a margin of whatever it was.
0: That is what yeah, I was I saying. I know. I was saying the same thing. What I'm and saying why are you is yelling at me. <laughs> what I'm saying <laughs> is Republicans conservative. Okay. All right, fine. In your little c- city. Sure. They talk about it around here. The rural people who moved out of Seattle because they didn't like it. They say the Seattle Police Department didn't do shit. And they're glad that their budgets got cut. Because they don't do shit. So I, I really don't think it's that important. I think Heidi Heitkamp is wrong. I don't think the Democrats are negatively affected by the defund the police message. I really don't. I think they're negatively affected by the fact that they don't show up. That's what they're negatively affected by. They're negatively negatively affected by the corporate greed that they've allowed to take over their party so they don't push anything. And they're using defund the police as a boogeyman to discredit progressive legislation so that we keep living in this conservative hellhole of a country that we currently live in. That's why Republicans are extremists. Like, fuck it, the whole Republican Party became an extremist party because the Democrats allow... All this shit to fester. By coming up with dumb bullshit like defund the police and having washed up idiots who can't win their elections like Heidi Heidkamp come out and fucking megaphone it all over the country and all over the news.
1: I think the thing to remember in these rural communities is that for the past 40 years, and this is what capitalism does, because like in rural PA, the steel industry left and left them the rot. So as the tech boom happened, you saw more and more people move to the cities for work as, which has been happening for centuries or whatever, but you saw that get left behind. The work has dried up and they're left behind mm-hmm. and they're mad about it. And we need to go out and tell them that we're going to reinvest in your community. Mm-hmm. And then um, if anything, the, the whole thing with COVID ha- could be a bright spot in the work from home because so people from the cities can move back to these more rural communities and and in some way can like they can reinvent themselves this-
0: they are such nice, friendly hardworking people, and they have their own culture, their own little things that they do in their town or whatever you know they have their pride in where they're from and I think Democrats really give off the feeling that they don't care. You know, there's big city Democrats or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah. So I, I just, I, I, I wish they would stop talking to people who are losers and just focus on what they could actually do to win.
1: Well, they're going to run Hillary again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're losers.
1: We should wrap it up. All right.
0: Plugs. Twitter at explore underscore pod email at let's explore this at gmail.com.
1: We have a Patreon. I don't know what it is. Uh, Patreon.com slash let's explore this. Yes. chip in three bucks so you can listen to Kevin yell at me all day.
0: (laughs) I wasn't yelling at you. I was just getting (laughs) passionate. All right. I'm the next Rush Limbaugh oh god I don't know I just get extremely frustrated by that whole stupid bullshit because I think it's fake and a lie it's just an excuse not to do anything for anybody
1: you're getting worked up over the whole fact that everything is bullshit everything that comes out of any of these people's mouths is fucking bullshit it is bullshit. And that's why it's that's all bullshit all the time from the socialists are coming to steal your cheeseburgers to defend the police, to whatever the fuck it's all bullshit because they all spend 60% of their time fundraising, not yeah. governing and catering yeah. only to corporations and not people. We yeah. agree with that. That's the end of the show. Folks say yeah. he- goodbye to the ghoul.
0: Heidi Heitkamp needs to be taken off the air. So does Chris Christie. They're losers. They're failures and losers. Why do we keep talking to them? Well we keep why? talking
1: about we keep talking about Trump all the time.
0: Yeah, why do we keep talking about these people? It's just stupid.
1: Because this is what it does to us. Look at look at what it's doing. Look at look at what it's doing to this podcast. We're talking about these people wondering why we're talking about these people getting all fucking fired up and angry at each other.
0: That's exactly I, what I, it's doing. Right, Sam, I never got angry at you, okay. I'm angry. I think you thought I was yelling at you, but I was not yelling at you i was just saying i'm yelling at heidi eidkamp because she should shut the fuck up
1: yeah like, you said we should stop talking to these people and you're talking about her yeah i'm saying oh my gosh bru's got a lot of work to do
0: i'm i'm, I'm saying, saying i'm saying yanking, uh,
1: i'm yanking your chain right now
0: everyone thanks for listening to let's
1: explore this the weekly podcast that is just a fuck show we appreciate your patronage. We appreciate the social media interaction. Now, please, for the love of God, stop talking so I can edit this. The week of rage.
0: But uh, all right. Anyway, so if you want to follow us on Twitter, we have a Twitter called at uh, Explore underscore pod. Our co-host, Adam, runs the show there. He's always posting something goofy and funny. Uh, You can send us an email if you have any thoughts, opinions, corrections, questions, want to send us something funny, whatever you want to do. It's called Let's Explore This Pod at gmail.com. And then we also have a Patreon, um, uh, just patreon.com slash let's explore this. You can also find all these links in um, our Twitter page. profiles are we have a link tree that has a link to all this stuff
1: see you, everybody
0: goodbye